It's the Eye on the Illini Podcast. This episode's round of guests, Brad Sturdy, Illini Guy co-owner and co-founder and host of Sturdy for 30. Kedrick Prince, Illini Guy director of recruiting. Brandon Wildman, host of Eye on the Lines podcast. And Illini Guy's basketball writer, Connor Kegley. This roundtable discussion, Bracketology 2.0. As the fighting Illini prepare for the Big Ten tournament and a run for the national championship. Now, here's Illini Guy's co-owner, co-founder, and host of Eye on the Illini podcast, Mike Kegley. So now we're going to go and we're going to do the most anticlimactic line one seeds, probably in the history of college basketball. But we are going to depend upon maybe, you know, having we might have one, one pick out there. But Brad, when you take a look at what we've got here for your line of number one seeds, you want to give us an idea of how you have things laying out? Yeah, I've got, um, you know, pretty simple for me on the top four lines. You know, I, I did make a switch today on the top four. I've got Gonzaga as the top overall seed, then Baylor. And then I have Illinois as the third number one and then Michigan as the fourth number one. I think those four are locked in. I don't think they're changing. I think those are the four teams that are going to be on the one line next Sunday, regardless of what happens in conference tourneys. So I, I think that's the way it's going to be. So now I'm going to, I'm going to round up to Brandon. Brandon, what do you see? Do you have any differences versus what Brad had on the one line? No. So I'm actually, I got, you know, I got Gonzaga, Baylor, Illinois. I did move up to my number three and then I got Michigan four. I did that because Illinois got, you know, nine quad one wins. They're 14 and six quad one, quad two. And, you know, the 12th strength of schedule and, you know, they're just playing amazing basketball right now. And I just don't really think you can put Michigan after losing two or three above them right now. I really don't. I mean, that could change with the big 10 tournament, but I just, as of right now, I have Illinois as my number three, one seed. Connor, did you have anything different? Um, I'd probably have it pretty similar. I don't know if I'd consider them to be locks the same way um, you guys would say. I think Ohio State or Iowa could potentially be able to joust them out if they were to say, you know, Ohio State, Purdue, then Michigan, and then one of Illinois or Iowa. I think they might have a chance as well. Iowa might have a chance if they could beat Wisconsin, Illinois, and Ohio State. There we have a little bit of a difference, Ked. How are you looking at it? I'm going to go back to what last week, except for the change. I like Baylor at number one still just because of the overall seed because of the Big 12 play. I will give Gonzaga credit for the number two, number one, but I did the same thing as everyone else. I You have to go Illinois over Michigan. Illinois had an amazing uh, few uh, weeks, I guess, if you will. Um, Michigan has lost, you know, two or three, and I don't think they're the team that everyone thought they were going to be, and this is probably going to be up for debate at some point in time because they didn't play a full schedule, but they really have won the Big Ten because you don't know. I mean, you know, everyone's talked about every game, life on the road in the Big Ten is tough, you know, or life in the Big Ten is tough. So I have to give Illinois that 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 third overall number one seed, but I'm really curious to see what the national guys are going to say if they're just going to hand it to Michigan like they have in the past because this isn't the same Michigan team, and I know they're going to say injuries, but – unless my memory, I'm, I'm losing my mind, Illinois lost Iowa for, the, for three games too, and, and they overcame it. So the injuries are part of it. Yeah, I, see, I seem to remember Iowa missing a few games as well, but, you know, it's, it's a little hazy. <laughs> and it, it is amazing the response that the Illinois team had to that. So it was, it was excellent. I know um, Larry Smith, one of our other co-founders, was not able to make it tonight. 
but he did have it locked in with Gonzaga, Baylor, Illinois, and Michigan as well. Let's go to the second uh, seed line. And I'm going to give you what Larry had, and then we'll, we'll jump over to Brad. But on the second seeds, Larry had West Virginia, Ohio State, and his top two seeds were Alabama and Iowa. So I'm not certain how that lines up to what you guys have, but Brad, where are you at on your two seeds? Well, Larry and I agree because I have the exact same teams in the exact same order. I actually have Ohio State as the last two seed. I have West Virginia as the next to last two seed. So I have Alabama, Iowa, and then West Virginia. So it looks like, just just to clarify, that uh, you went with Alabama, Iowa, West Virginia, and Ohio State. Okay, so Brandon, where are you with your... uh, Yes. Okay, perfect. Thanks, Brad. Uh, Brandon, where are you with your two seeds? Yeah, so I have uh, Alabama as my number one two seed, and then I got Iowa. And this is where it kind of gets a little tricky for me. I I slid Ohio State down. Do have Houston up there still. I mean... Houston's not going to leave the two line unless they catastrophically lose. Like today, if they lost to Memphis, I would have moved them down. Um, they got a bank shot off a bounce pass at half court. It's incredible. March, right? So they're going to stay on the two line for me. And then as of right now, my last two seed is Ohio State. And the reason I did that, just because, you know, Brad kind of mentioned West Virginia, but West Virginia's lost two in a row. I know they were two great teams, Baylor, Oklahoma State, but West Virginia's resume just kind of, you know, compared to these other teams. It's similar, I guess you could say, but I still think Ohio State has a better resume. And I think just the analytics love Houston, so I can't really move them off the two line unless they lose a bad game again. Yeah, and, and as a, as a sidelight, I, I saw Penny walk off the court very unhappy today. It was kind of funny to watch. Yeah, I, I can see where, you know, Houston, they came up with the big play when they needed one. Connor, what did you think for your that line? Mine is going to be the exact same as um, Brandon's here. You know, I would have had West Virginia probably directly over Houston if Houston had lost the game today. West Virginia, they just, they lost to Oklahoma State, which didn't have, you know, Cade Cunningham there. And that's just a game you have to win at home if you want to be on the uh, three line. Uh, They can still make up for it by getting pretty far in the Big 12 tournament. But for now, I'd probably have them uh, down one line at least. Um, Kendrick, what did you have? I have my two seeds. I have Oklahoma State, Alabama, Iowa, and Arkansas. Um, I can't justify Ohio State being there. They lost three or three or four games in a row. I know a lot of people still like them. And something I heard Dick Vitale say yesterday, and I kind of agree with, which doesn't happen very often, Ohio State is good, but they don't have that big guy that all the other teams have. And I think at some point in time in the tournament, that's going to catch up with them. So I just don't see them being a two seed anymore. And granted, at one point in time, they were the talk and, and they were the hot pick, just not for me anymore. And I was up and coming, but we don't know the verdict on Joe Weiss camp either. So I don't know. But right now, I mean, and they won today. And, you know, they, I think they won four or five games in a row. So you have to give them credit too. Good. Yeah. And I also, uh, Alabama is a team that I have a lot of, it's just hard for me to judge them. I watched their game with Georgia yesterday and, to be honest, I, I, it didn't look like either team wanted to win that bad. I was surprised at, you know, how they were just uh, a lot of, I mean, they had turnovers, were careless with the ball, and um, they're a team that could either blow you out when they're hot or they could get blown out if they are not shooting well and they're turning over the ball like they did yesterday. So that leaves us you know, coming down to the third line here. Brad, what did you have on your third line? 
Yeah, so that's where I've got Houston. I've got Arkansas, and then I've got Kansas. And then, you know, the last three seed for me is tough because I think the last three seed should be Villanova, but I don't know what's going to happen, how they're going to determine what this, you know, with Villanova losing a player, you know, they, they say injuries matter. So what do they make of that? Obviously he's out for the year. Very, you know, it's, it's going to be tougher for them. So I, I've got them as the last three right now, but I could also see them sliding them down a spot. I don't really feel, I'll, I'll be honest with you, the team that's a four, that is probably, and I know their body of work, whatever, we're going to say that they don't have the same wins or whatever. But the team on the come for me is also Purdue in the Big Ten. I mean, they are playing well. and I've got them as a four, and I feel like they're a team that they, they make a run in the Big Ten tourney. And, you know, they, they're going to have to make a run. Looks like they're going to have to be Ohio State and Michigan and then maybe Illinois. They, you win those three games. Where, where, do you, where do you put them? So, I mean, they're intriguing for me. But I've got Villanova there for now. Yeah, and, and I can see that when you look at how well Illinois is playing, um, you've also got a, a Iowa team that's pretty hot and a Purdue team that's very hot. I mean, there's there's some there's some momentum for those teams. Brandon, how did you have your three line? Pretty similar, I guess you could say. So I got Arkansas. Um, you know, I think they've pretty much, you know, barring a you know a loss, like say if they lost to Texas A&M yesterday, I think they're pretty locked into a three seed. I do have Kansas up there as well. And my, my biggest thing with Kansas is 15th in the net, nine ranked the schedule. They've come on really strong. They they almost lost to UTEP, which I guess in the grand scheme of things, uh, the, the committee's not going to look at the score. It's just a win for them. They got six quad one wins. So I think they're pre- I think they're going to be a pretty tough three seed as well. Then I got West Virginia. And then actually, I, I agree with Brad here, but I actually did move Villanova down to the four line and I moved Purdue up to the three line. And this is why. Villanova and Purdue. So Villanova's 11th in the net, Purdue's 20th in the net. Purdue is 6-6 six and six in quad one. Villanova's 3-3. Three and three. My biggest difference, strength of schedule. Villanova's 59th strength of schedule, Purdue's 16th. Villanova no, no longer has their best player, and he's not going to be back this season. So I think the committee's actually going to look at that too. Because, I, you know, I could see Villanova losing maybe the first round of the Big East tournament. They, they look terrible against Providence. And they don't have any guard. You know, they don't really have any guard play anymore. And I, I love Purdue, how they're playing right now. Then it was actually really close with me. There's a team that I even put above Villanova. Villanova is not even the number number one four seed for me. So I'll get into that when we get there. But I really like this Purdue team. And like you said, like Brett said, if they beat Ohio State and then say they upset Michigan, they could make a case to get up to the two line. I'm not saying they will. If they win the Big Ten tournament, I could see them potentially climbing all the way up there with Ohio State dropping. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes for them. Yeah, that, that Purdue team has a lot of intrigue around it. Connor, where are you at? So I'm uh, similar in regard to Kansas and Arkansas. I did have Villanova at the, the three seed, but I just don't know how you can make the argument that they're going to continue to be there with their lack of wins in terms of they don't really have a, a hard schedule. And now that they don't have one, maybe another player, maybe two of their starters not going to be there um, in the backcourt, I think they're just going to struggle. Um, I'm not sure how the committee is going to look at that. Me personally, I would probably put them down at least one line down to four seed. I'm not as high on Purdue maybe as you guys are. Um, I think they could work themselves up to a three seed. But looking at their schedule, they're they're pretty hot right now. But when you look at their wins, they're just it's against a Wisconsin team that's kind of fading down the stretch. Probably their second best win in the last month and a half is probably Michigan State before Michigan State really got hot, and they're 
two other wins that are really biggest on their resume is Ohio State. And other than Ohio State, they didn't win against Iowa. They didn't win against us. They didn't win against Michigan. So I'm just, I don't really think their resume really speaks a three to me unless they beat Ohio State or, and Michigan potentially in the tournament. So Kedrick, that leaves you to, to give us where you're at. I'm going to go Villanova still. I like West Virginia, Texas, Tech in Texas. I'll tell you what, there's some teams in the tournament I just wouldn't want to play. Texas Tech is one of them. Florida State's one. And it pains me to say this is Michigan State. I mean, I just think there's some teams that some teams don't match up well with. I think those teams are very, very dangerous. A lot of people are talking about Texas Tech. Virginia, even though they've lost a couple, they're a very, very dangerous team. They can get on a run with the way they defend. So uh, Villanova, West Virginia, Texas Tech, and Texas are my threes. So now we're, we're here to the four line. Brad, what do you have there? So my fours, this is where I kind of, you know, like I said, I've got Purdue on that four line right now as a four. And then I then I go down and I've got uh, Texas and Florida State. Now, here's where I come run into problems because for me, I've got Oklahoma State on that four line, but I don't even know if Oklahoma State's going to be in the tournament. Do we, do we even know that yet? I mean, we, we know they aren't out of the tournament, but do we so, know they're in the tournament? I mean, the only way they're not in the tournament is if the NCAA rules on their case in the next seven days, but that doesn't seem very likely for the NCAA to do something in seven days. So, but, I, but I, they've I, had, but they've had months. I mean, they've yeah. had months. It's just when they're going to release it. This is the NCAA we're talking about. That's true. I, I just so. suspect that they'll probably just wait till after the tournament and say, yeah, your band's going to be there next year, or they're just going to take the band away. I don't know. I feel like yep. if you wait this long, if, you, if the NCAA takes it away two days before the tournament, oh, yeah, I, at that point, you're kind of like, what? Like, why would, yeah. you, know, you know what I mean? Like, that's that's well, true. Well, people them in the tournament too, because he's a good PR and a good marketing tool. They'll do it, but it'll be next year. You got to have yep. somebody there. And I'm going to tell you, it wouldn't surprise me if you see them get in and have to play Illinois because of Brad Underwood being there and Io and Cunningham. So that's, that's how the NCAA is. They and you know what? It's not that way, but I, I'll, I'll take it. They're not that good. Kate no. Cunningham's really good, but they're not that good. They can't guard they, Kofi. They're, he'll, their he'll defense is terrible. Him. Yeah. So, so those are my fours. Here's the thing I have on the four line that really makes it interesting for me. If Virginia wins the ACC tournament, they're going to be a top four seat. They're going, and I don't, you can say what you want, they're not going to be outside the top four. So one of those teams is not going to be in there and Virginia will be if they win the ACC tournament. In fact, I, I, because they love Virginia. I mean, you know, they're a former national title, you know, their name, they're going to be in that top four line if they win the ACC tournament. Now the question is, which team gets knocked out? Could it be Florida State? Could it be, I mean, I don't know, Texas, somebody who loses. That's where Purdue, Purdue loses that opening game to Ohio State. One of those teams could drop. And so that's, that's where I, that's the other team that I see in that, in that mix. Good. And that's, that's the intrigue attorney week, you know, is, is there, these games, a lot of people are like, you know, it really doesn't matter because you know, so-and-so is in the NCAA tournament. But it does matter because where you get seated really increases the chance of, of having to have a tough game or have one of those gates where you get that first night, quote, off, unquote. Brandon, where are you at on the four line? My number one four seed right now is Oklahoma State. I just think eight quad one wins, you know, 30 net. You know, their, their resume is really good. Now, when I watch them, I don't know how their resume is that good, but it is. You know, they've, they've had some really big games. Kate Cunningham's had some big games, and they've won some games without them. So I got them as my number one four. And then I got Villanova. It'd be really interesting, you know, what region Villanova gets put in, you know, because 
if they slide all the way to a four, you could probably see them as the number one four seed. So therefore they get put in region four, which could potentially be Illinois region. Now, if they're your four seed, I feel pretty comfortable getting to a sweet 16, you know, elite eight, you know, I feel pretty comfortable with that. And then I got right now I have Texas. It's tough for me to put Texas in there because their, their resume is not amazing. It really isn't. And I just think their early season body of work is what puts them up there and not much else since. And then I kind of had a debate. I'm, I'm with Brad. I think if Virginia wins the ACC tournament, they're going to be the four seed. But right now I have USC. And you can ask, you can ask Connor, you know, on, on Eye on the Lions, I was very adamant that UCLA was going to win that game. I was going to take him on the money line, but he talked me into taking the two points. And I'm really glad I did because U, UCLA led that game for 39 minutes and 59 seconds. And USC won by one on a last second three. So we won with the plus two, but uh, that was – the whole game, I was like, see, Connor, I told you, I told you. And I looked at the final score. I was like, you can't be like, really. So, you know, USC is kind of playing with fire right now. They're, you know, they're winning games, but they're not looking fantastic doing it. And I just think, like like Brad said, I think whether it's Virginia or Florida State, whoever wins at ACC tournament, I think, ends up as a four seed. I get what Ked's saying about the matchup with Florida State. Florida State looks terrible. When they go up against a team that just can make shots – they look terrible. They just lost to Notre Dame, which is the equivalent to losing to Northwestern in the Big Ten. I get if Florida State's making three, sure, but Scotty yeah. Barton, I don't know. So it's hard. that's where that, I'm at. Those four or five seeds are like, I, yeah. yeah you know. it's, the, it's the beauty of the of, of betting money on college kids, especially when it's tournament time. Connor, where are you at on the four line? Yeah, I'd agree with you 100%. Between the fours and the fives, it's kind of like split in hairs. I mean, their resumes aren't that much different. So to me, it's kind of like, the teams that are going to get fours are going to do slightly better than the teams that do fives within their own conference tournaments this weekend. So I'd probably say Villanova obviously is going to probably drop there. And like you mentioned, I hope they're in Illinois bracket because most likely you'd be playing a five seed or potentially a 12 or 13 seed that gets an upset there. And then I have Florida state and Virginia as well. And I don't know if either of those two teams can play up to a three seed but one of them's got to win the ACC tournament, you'd have to think. So they might be able to get a couple games where, you know, the committee looks at that a little bit higher. And then I have the fourth as Texas. And I'm kind of curious how the committee's going to look at Texas because they do have some good wins, but there's just a lot of losses within Big 12 play as well. So it's hard to gauge which teams they like best out of that conference. Okay, Ked, you get a close out on the four line. All right, I'm going to go with uh, Kansas, Florida State, Houston, and Purdue. It's just really hard for people to just overlook Purdue. I do think the Big Ten is good. I don't think it's the best it's ever been. I think 89 was the best because of all the NBA talent. I mean, this is probably the second best year, but no one talks about Purdue at all. It's easy to forget about them. For some reason, everybody's so focused on Illinois, Iowa, Michigan, and Ohio State that no one talks about them, but – I mean, Matt Painter's done a marvelous job with them, and I think they deserve it. They really and truly deserve a number four seed, not just because of me, but I hope the committee gives them that. Because in the Big Ten, you have to earn wins. And, you know, I think Brandon mentioned what their uh, net was at 16 or something like that. So they deserve it, man. Yeah, and the funny thing is, is we're all 
no, you know, nobody's really saying anything about Wisconsin. And, you know, if you go to Ken Palm, they're sitting at 11 uh, playing such a tough schedule, you know, so it's, it just goes to show you that, that there's a lot of, there's a lot of talk, you know, with Illinois being so dynamic, Michigan having such a great year, Iowa had the pre season expectations. And of course you had Ohio state coming hard. Uh, they, they've kind of sucked up all the oxygen and there are some pretty darn good teams in the big 10 beyond that. Let's talk about, let's just go through real quick and talk about some teams that um, are on the bubble and you think they've really got their, their work to do here in, in this last week uh, of conference games to see what they can do to improve their position or fight their way in. Brad, you, you have anybody on that line? I suppose. I mean, I think a team, maybe a Syracuse team, I, I don't know, maybe um, Xavier. Uh, I, I, think, uh, I think Michigan State's in now. I think after their win today, they're in. It's going to take a, you know, even if they lost the next game, the 8-9 game there, they're, they're in. So I, I don't know if there's anybody that I'm really kind of, you know, maybe there's a, you know, a lot, some of the teams that are on the bubble are done. So they're, they're, they got to hope for somebody to lose. I'm more looking now, I guess, for me, it's about, and this is where I am. I, this sounds terrible, and I know this sounds terrible, but I, I don't care about the bubble this year because, Illinois, one, Illinois is not on it, and, two, these teams aren't winning. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, you, you try and get to a Final Four, win a national title. We, we, spend, we spend hours talking about who gets left out, who didn't get in the tournament. It doesn't matter. I mean, like those teams are, they're not going anywhere. I mean, yeah, you want to get rewarded. Yeah. But, but it's like, you know, it's, it's picking nits. If you're not one of these top, you know, not one of the top 32 teams, then you really don't have anything to argue about. You had your chance. You didn't get it done. So I don't really worry too much about it. Now I'm looking at, and the next thing we're going to talk about, I'm looking at matchups and seedings and who is going to maybe be on that eight, nine line um, or the, and maybe a five twelve line uh, in the, in the next round. So perfect. that's where I'm at. Brandon? Yeah, you know, when I look at on the bubble, I think some really big things coming up with the conference tournaments is more so the fact that is Drake going to get in? Is Because Drake just lost, you know, to, you know, Loyola Chicago in the championship. So you're going to be looking at these teams like Boise State, Colorado State, who's going to win their conference tournament so they get the automatic qualifier. Or you could look at a team like what if Utah State wins the Mountain West? That's going to knock one of those teams, you know, Drake probably could be knocked out of the tournament because of that. I think Slew's out after losing yesterday. I think you could see potentially Memphis winning the AAC. They should have beat Houston today. They made some boneheaded plays at the end. I think Memphis has a team that could do it. So I think that's going to be the most interesting thing is seeing the teams that are right on the bubble, who's going to get knocked off because some surprise team wins their conference tournament. And side note, what is the Mountain West doing with Colorado State? Colorado State is the number one team in their conference right now. And they made them play four games in seven days. They end up dropping one of them to a team that hurts their overall resume massively. What what are they doing? You know, they had they had to go away from a COVID. Like, let your top team be fully healthy for your conference tournament, and don't let them take unnecessary losses. If I'm a Mountain West, don't don't I want as many teams as possible in the tournament? So why would I make one of my best teams play four games in seven days on the road? It doesn't make any sense. I just kind of look at those things. I'm like, how's the committee going to look at that coming off a of COVID pause? And then they drop one to a team that they shouldn't have dropped it to. How, you know, and they're right on that bubble. Well, maybe the Mountain West commissioner has designs on becoming the Big Ten commissioner. You never know. <laughs> um, Connor, what are you what are you looking at here? Um, yeah, I'd be curious still. Um, 
you know, Michigan State is obviously um, a better team than what their record shows, considering they can beat Ohio State, Michigan, and Illinois within a two-week span. Are they going to be, you know, in a 12-seed game where they got to play the play-in and then you get a four or five-seed potentially a bracket? I wouldn't want to be the four or the five that gets them in after their play-in game. And I'd, I'd say uh, Syracuse is pretty interesting to me just because of Griffin. I like to see uh, former Illini players do well regardless. Can they win a couple games in the ACC? The ACC really doesn't have the the top-heavy problem that the Big Ten has. You, If you beat Florida State or Virginia, you could be walking into the ACC title game, and that's, you know, three, four wins there. Memphis is also interesting to me as well. They got they have the talent on the roster. Beat Houston, and you probably would have been on the inside looking out, but – you're kind of hoping that some teams drop games now and that a lot of the uh, upsets within the smaller conferences don't happen for them. And Ken, how are you doing with this? I think Syracuse is probably the hot pick. And, you know, I agree with this. I really like, I'm, I watched Syracuse play a lot this year because of Alan Griffin. And I would really, really like to see them to see them get in. I think with that matchup zone, behind being there for 7,000 years, I think he's good enough to where he could do some damage and, you know, he, he could upset some people. I, I, I really do think that, you know, I'm also kind of curious about, you know, UConn and St. John's. Big East is not very, very good this year. It's kind of weak, but, you know, I was just curious about those teams. But I really, if Syracuse gets in, I, I think they could probably pull an upset or something like that, I guess, if they do get in. That would be nice to see. Now we're going to kind of close out with, you know, there's a lot of intrigue going on in terms of, and Brad was talking about this, in terms of who can move up, you know, who might be a five, who might be a 12, who might be on that eight, nine line. Are there any conference tournament matchups or teams across the country that you're going to be looking at? Maybe a little bit with a scouting eye, but are there any any teams that you're going to follow this week uh, a little more than maybe you might normally watch? And we'll lead off with Brad. So so as I kind of look at this, like I, one of them was today, um, Loyola Chicago, because I think they're going to slide into that eight, nine line somewhere. I think that's where they could end up. And that means they'd play one. And you know, as well as I do, they'd love to have an Illinois matchup, Illinois state championship in the second round. Cause I love those kind of fun matchups. And we'd have sister Jean or whatever her name is, you know, or whoever she is doing there. And we'd have this and so forth. So it, it, that would be fun. The other teams. And then, you know, you also know that like, You've got teams like Maryland, Rutgers, and, and even with Wisconsin losing today, they could be on an eight line, eight nine. Those are eight nine teams. Illinois can't play those teams in the second round, so they would have to be in a different bracket. Now the team. Now we talk about teams that scare you a little bit in, in the second round. The, you're playing a 16 seed in the first round. You should win, but then you play in that second round. And, and interesting team for me. And I, I have two things. Like a loyal Chicago concerns me because. Illinois, I don't think, looks at Loyola and says, hey, they're my peer. I need to, we need to show up. You can, when Illinois shows up, they're really good. But do they bring it? Now, the other, so there's this one thing, like a team like that or a St. Bonaventure or a San Diego State, do they look at that team and say, oh, yeah, they're good? Or even a college, somebody mentioned Colorado State. I don't think they'll be 8-9, but you, you get the idea. Then the one team that's intriguing to me in the second round could be North Carolina. I think North Carolina could end up on the 8-9 line. North Carolina is huge. Like, I mean, I don't think they're that great, but if, if you want to match up with Kofi and then have a, and actually have a huge size advantage at the four where Illinois has, you know, has had some issues with that, it's North Carolina. 
And, and so I look at that and I say, and you're, you're playing a blue blood. Now, the other side of the coin is Illinois would show up when they played North Carolina. I mean, they would be locked in. They would be fired up because they're playing North Carolina. So it's kind of a that, – that's what I'm going to be watching for, to see who kind of ends up there and watch those teams. And North Carolina looked really good, but did they look good the other day because Duke sucks or did they look good because they're playing well? I, I don't know because uh, Duke's not – Duke's really struggling right now. Brandon, where are you at on this? I see this talk like, oh, I don't want to play this team. I don't do this. Like, you're in the NCAA tournament. You're going to play good teams every single round. They won a lot of games. They are really good. They top whatever recruits. You know, and this whole, you know, I think with Illinois not showing up, I think we've seen the last week or two that I think a flip, a switch is flipped, I guess you could say. I mean, we've won, was it 11 of 12? Three of those were without IO. Brad maybe found something that kind of hit a button. You know, Coach Underwood maybe found some button that he had to push. And I think, you know, you've seen every game so far, even if they didn't score right out of the gate, the defense intensity was there. And I think in an NCAA tournament, that was the whole goal, Io coming back, Kofi coming back. We won a national title. I don't think you're going to see a big, an NCAA tournament they're not going to show up for, you know, a game. But matchup-wise, you know, I agree with Brad on North Carolina that, you know, they can throw size and skill at Kofi, and that's going to, that's going to provide, you know, some issues. Their guard play isn't very good, but is it going to is their bigs enough to neutralize what Illinois wants to do? Uh, something I think I find really interesting too is right now on Joe Lenardi's bracket, he's got the eight seed LSU, nine seed UConn. I think you play LSU, I think you could probably sign up for like a hundred to eighty game. I mean, they don't play that that game's going to be up and down and points everywhere. But UConn, if they play UConn, I think UConn's a really good team with book night. The only problem is we've seen how UConn plays without book night. In my personal opinion, who is the best on-ball defender in the Big Ten and should be should have been a finalist for Defensive Player of the Year? Trent Frazier. So I'm not saying book night's not going to score, but I think Trent can make him inefficient. Everyone after that, UConn's not very good. I mean, I kind of just look at what they have right now looking at bracket-wise, and that seems to be almost that nine-seed UConn or, like Brad said, Loyola Chicago seems to be popping up the most. And I just kind of look at that, and I'm like – Loyola Chicago plays a really as a really good team, you know, overall. But I mean, Crutwig is a facilitator for him. He does a lot for him. He's not a good defender at all. And they have to change their defense when he's in to, to disguise that. They're not going to be able to do that with Illinois. Kofi's going to pick Crutwig apart off on the offensive side. Now Crutwig might get a you know back basket or two, but I think we saw Kofi's defense down low has been tremendous this season. You know, he made Dickinson look like a little kid. You know, I, I don't want to get overconfident because anything can happen in the tournaments. But what have we seen every Brad Underwood team do? They are peaking at the end of the season. The year we scored, tw- we won 12 games, lowest in school history. We went 7-13 and in the Big Ten. You know, we started really bad, and we picked it up. Last season, we earned a double buy in the Big Ten tournament, playing our best ball of the season. I think we would have made a run. I don't know how far we would have went. But now you're looking at us now. Lost to Rutgers, Maryland, and I think, you know – a flip switched. You get you get beat at Michigan State. You lose your starting guard, your, your star point guard. I think Big Ten Player of the Year. Who knows what they're actually going to do? And you just saw Trent take over, Curbelo take over. This team is just playing so well together that I don't really worry about a matchup per se. Just because I think on both sides there's going to be matchup issues for both teams. No one can match up with the duo that we have of Io and Kofi. I'm I'm more looking this weekend just kind of just seeing where Illinois' head's at. Part of me wants them not to play all three games because maybe they'll get tired. But at the same time, I don't want them to, 
take the foot off the gas. So I'm going to be more so looking just watching Illinois to see how they come out ready to go because they're going to play probably Maryland, Maryland or Rutgers, right, um, in that first game on Friday. Looks so, like Rutgers. I think Maryland or Indiana because I think Maryland's going to beat Penn State, right? Or do they move? Yeah, up? I mean Maryland. Mar- Maryland I think Mar- Penn, so it'll be Maryland or Indiana. Play the seventh seed if they do win. Okay, so okay, they're up, so they're up ten and a half. Okay, so Indiana or Rutgers. Neither one really scares me. Um, Rutgers did beat us, I guess, but that's because Ron Harper was in Fuego from three, and he hasn't, I think, made more than one in a game since. Well, I just want to see how they come out ready to go. Do they still have that chip on the shoulder, and does it carry over? I, I, that's kind of a long-winded answer to your question, but I'm more so looking at how Illinois goes into this and go from there because at the set, at, when you get to inside the tournament, every team is going to have some advantage, and I think Illinois has got this, you know, the tacticians on their coaching staff and the players – to take advantage and try to decrease the advantage of the other team. Okay, good. Connor, where are you, where are you going to be watching this week and in tourney week? Pretty much two leagues that have kind of solidified themselves as being a little bit better than the rest in terms of the majority of their teams are going to be NCAA teams. And I think uh, Big 12 and Big 10 are going to just be teams that are coming out of there. You're, you're working for those tournament championships. You're going to have to go up against, at minimum, uh, if you win, you're playing two different teams that will be top four seeds in the NCAA tournament. So you're just – those are the tournaments that I think have the most upside in terms of you're going to have a lot of games that are going to be good games. And then after that, I think I'm just not as interested in the Pac-12 this year. There just really isn't any stars on any of those teams. You have maybe, you know, USC with uh, Evan Mobley, but – he doesn't really get the ball probably as much as he should. When I look at the other ones, I, maybe like the SEC tournament might have a good final four with Tennessee, Arkansas, Alabama, and maybe like a Florida. But those are really the only tournaments that Big 12 and Big 10 are just going to have. I mean, every game after, you know, the first day where you have the play in tournaments, I mean, each game is going to be all NCAA teams. And finally, Ked. I guess for me, teams that for eight nine spot, you know, Brad mentioned earlier, uh, North Carolina. I watched. Uh, I remember in the Big Ten ACC Challenge when North Carolina played Iowa. Um, I think they're fast too, and I think they're long and athletic. But a team a lot of people aren't talking about that could be the eighth and nine team too is also Louisville. So that's a team that could kind of sneak up and and bite some people in, you know. And it's, it will be an interesting matchup for a lot of teams, but not to copy of everyone else, but Loyola's interesting to me. I watched them today. I mean, I, I watched them a couple of times because I'm mean, sure we all here know there's some reasons that, you know, that we all watch them, but that would be a really, really good matchup because I just don't know. I don't think Illinois is going to overlook anybody anymore. The thing that, if people can tell now, the thing that Illinois has done since that Michigan game, the way they defend now and the, their motivation, and it's not just Iowa, they are all motivated. I mean, you can see it with Trent. Obviously, I was a man, but I could just see everybody feeding on Trent. And the reason to me, we all may be different. What's making them so special right now, I think it's first Audrey Cabell, because he's playing like an all-big team guard right now. And the other person I have to say is Trent. He got in foul trouble yesterday. Those two guys have changed the whole look of this team. In the beginning of the season, Andre Cambello, every other possession was a turnover. So now I don't think you, you know, he's a sophomore now. 
So I don't think they're going to have letdowns. And I think if they did play Loyola because it's in the state of Illinois, I don't think they're going to overlook them. But I think, but Loyola's not afraid of, of the big lights either because they've been there and done that before. So we're just about ready to wrap up here. I'm going to give give you guys uh, a minute or two just to go quick around the horn with any final comments you have. And then I'd also like you to predict a uh, Big Ten tourney conference champion. Brad? For me, the only thing I, I'm going to really uh, – I think Brandon mentioned the, the two – or I mean, it was kind of uh, the, the Big 12 and the Big 10 are the two tournaments that I want to watch. I think they're going to be great basketball for three straight days, at least those last few days. And then some of those teams are really playing – got a lot of teams even like in, in that first round on Thursday in the Big 10, there's got to be a lot of – there's a lot of pride in some of those teams. You've got some – you know, the Michigan States. You've got Indiana who – Archie Miller, is he coaching for his job trying to make a run? I mean – a lot of intrigue, and so that's going to be interesting. I'm really looking forward to those two tournaments. But my, my thing, I guess, Big Ten tournament, I'll be honest with you, I love the way Illinois is playing. I really think they match up well with, especially if Wieskamp is not 100% for Iowa. I think Illinois has a great route with Michigan, Ohio State, and, and Purdue up in the top bracket, it looks like. So I like that matchup. I like the way they're playing. I think they get to the championship game, and then then – I don't. I would not want to play them in a one-game take-all either. Any one of those teams, because I think everything went right for Ohio State in the meeting at, in Columbus, and they still lost. So, right now, Illinois is just. Uh, you know, I think they're they're clicking. They're my favorite to win the Big Ten tournament. Brandon, I'm going to piggyback real quick with Ked said about Louisville. Um, you can ask Connor. We talked about this extensively on the lines. If Louisville's your eight or nine, I feel really good about that, just because uh, Louisville lost their second best player, and they just are a completely different team without uh, Williamson. So. You know, that, that might be an interesting case. We get Louisville's an eight or nine seed to win that first game. I feel pretty good about that. Kind of going off what Brad said, the Big 12 and Big 10 tournaments are going to be electric. Um, I still think Baylor's going to win the Big 12 tournament. I don't really think – I mean, they look really good today against Texas Tech. I've been saying that. I told Connor this last week. My prediction for the Big 10 tournament, Purdue's going to upset Michigan. Illinois is going to play Purdue in the Big 10 tournament championship. Illinois is going to win. And you're just going to hear a bunch of Michigan fans. Well, we were the Big Ten. We were Big Ten regular season champions. So I, I love the way Illinois is playing. I really like how Purdue matches up with Michigan and how they're playing right now. Matt Painter, I, I'm sorry. Like for, for my money, if someone told me you have this amount of money, you're going to get the recruits no matter what, you get to pick your coach out of any of the coaches in the Big Ten. I love Brad Underwood. He's probably my number two, but I'm taking Matt Painter. I just think he's a – terrific coach give me a purdue illinois big 10 championship give me an illinois about probably six point win and ride off into the sunset into a one seed and hang two banners because we should that's all i'm saying now i'm, I'm gonna have to throw a disclaimer in there that the opinions here are not those of illini guys <laughs> but <laughs> no that's that painter it's hard to, it's it's hard to uh, not respect what he's done totally agree with that Connor? Um, I'm actually going to disagree with uh, part one of your statement on the Big Ten tournament. Um, I actually don't think Purdue's even going to be able to beat Ohio State at this point. I think Ohio State's just going to be down after having three losses to Michigan State, Michigan, and Illinois. And I think they're going to come out and they've already lost to Purdue twice this year. I think they're going to have a game plan and they're just going to be on it. I think that we're going to get to see, you know, the, the top four in terms of talent within the Big Ten this year in Ohio State versus Michigan and then Illinois versus Iowa uh, as our final four for the Big Ten. But I'm going to go with Illinois because I think we have the best matchup. 
I don't really think that Iowa can create shots from outside and they're going to rely way too much on Garza and without having Nunge backing him up, which during his minutes, I mean, Iowa had to be like plus five or six in his short amount of time on the game. I don't think they're really going to be able to deal with Kofi. And I think that Illinois will come out ahead there. And I, I just, I'll take them against the field because I think their earlier matchup is just going to be a little bit easier than everybody else's path. Ted, what do you think? I'm not looking forward to games this week. I, I, I was good all day, but it's now I have to be different. What I'm looking for this week, I'm looking for the postseason awards. That's what I want to see. The postseason awards really, really matter to me this year. I don't know if something leaked out or not, but I saw Isle's mom post something on Twitter a few minutes ago. How are they giving out awards when teams are still playing? So I'm going to be looking forward to that. I do think the winner of the Big Ten tournament will be Iowa or Illinois. I really do believe that. Um, as much as I dislike Iowa because of where I live and what's taking place, that's still a dangerous basketball team. And I don't know, maybe I'm blind, but Kofi has done well, but Luca Garza's kind of owned Kofi. If you look at the statistics, all of us, he's played really, really well against him. And so I think if Wieskamp doesn't play, Illinois has a chance to win it all. They match up better, and they have beaten everybody. If you think about it, if you look at those top teams, they're the one team that's beaten all of them. So you have to say that the odds on favorite. And a lot of people nationally are picking Illinois to not just win the Big Ten tournament, but all of it, because they have the best closer. And they, they think about it, they have the complete package. They Everything that they have, other than free throws, I guess I shouldn't say that, they have the complete package. I like everything about them. And in a one-game tournament, the way they play defense, because if shots aren't falling, you have to defend. And they have done a tremendous job of that late. Perfect. All right, guys. Thanks for all of your input here. Just for the folks listening, next week we will be recording a tournament special where we will go over the brackets and discuss which one of the the regionals, if you want to call them that. I'm not even certain what they're going to be called this year, but which one we think is going to be interesting. We'll obviously take a really close look at the uh, what's in front of the Illini. But uh, one of the things that we will tell you, of course, is if you're a subscriber at IlliniGuys.com, you can enter our $1,000 Bracket Buster Challenge in which the total prizes will equal $1,000. And you can prove that you're the Illini fan who knows the most about college basketball. It's real easy. Just do the best job predicting the NCAA tournament. And if you can do a great job of predicting what a bunch of 18 to 22 year olds are gonna do, I'm sure there's other lines of work that'll be really good for you as well. But you want to get uh, subscribing uh, very quickly as we will start the uh, Bracket Buster uh, on that day of the play-in games. So we definitely want you to get up on board, get subscribed so that you can get your name in the hat and get your predictions and see if you can win. Additionally, you can hear Brad on Sturdy for 30. He has uh, post-game reviews after every Illini game. Plus, he has a list of some of the most fantastic guests, usually, you know, linked to the Illini in some way, shape, or form, from past players to players who will be here in the future to people who have covered the team for decades to coaches uh, on the staffs. Uh, Brad covers everybody. Don't miss Sturdy for 30. You can subscribe to those podcasts. Make sure you do so. Uh, Brandon runs Eye on the Lines, and of course, He has the best if you are looking to understand maybe why you might look at placing a wager 
only for fun. He has some of the best reasoning and he and Connor will talk about why to make this bet or why not to make that bet. And they have a lot of fun with hypothetical situations if somebody was thinking about doing some wagering. And of course, Kendrick Prince, you can see him break an awful lot of news. There's very few people who are as close to the recruits out there as he is. So if you're not following him on Twitter and you're not on Illini guys, you're not seeing what's really going on in the recruiting arena. So for the rest of the guys here, this is Mike Kegley saying thank you for your time and we will see you guys later on. In worst case scenario, you can queue us up next week so that you know what's going on in the tournament. Thanks and everybody have a great day. The Eye on the Illini podcast is a production of JM Talent Productions. I'm Patrick Quinn. You can find my podcast, The Illinois Players Show, with flying Illini member Marcus Liberty on fanmedianetwork.com and YouTube.